ever since I was a kid, I've had these Toyota trucks. And so I kind of fell in love with them and I've had uh, an 80s style Toyota 4Runner forever. And probably four or five or six years ago, I got this wild hair to, to rebuild this one. It didn't look like anything, nothing special. It was just like this old beater truck. And so we'd drive it around and we'd do, go do wild horses. We'd go all these really extravagant locations where if you're gonna scratch the side of your truck, you don't care. One day I just was like, man, I should really fix this thing up. So then I started down this path and one thing led to another. It should not be going to Alaska. But this is so original. I mean, who's yeah. done this? in this vehicle we don't have a schedule we don't have to adhere to anything we're just gonna have some fun and it's uh, been one of those bucket list things welcome to another episode of wild and exposed your wildlife photography and outdoor adventure podcast this week's episode i'm joined by my good friends and talented photographers Ron Hayes, Michael Morrow, and Missy McKenzie, and I am Mark Raycroft. This week's episode, or show, is going to be an awesome one because we are launching into spring season. The editing season, hallelujah, is wrapping up. We're getting in the field, and if you are into the ultimate road trip adventure, you'll want to hear today's podcast because... Michael and Missy are doing something that so many people in North America have only dreamt of doing. Some have done it, but not many. They are driving from Denver, Colorado to Anchorage, Alaska. And they're going to tell the story of their adventure. And there's so many layers to this that we're going to get into on today's podcast to launch this exciting trip that they're about to begin. How's it going, guys? And lady? Perfect. Good. It's nice and cool here in Denver, which actually has not been so good because I want to get this truck packed up for this trip. And it's kind of chilly outside. And this truck we're taking doesn't have a top. It's an old style forerunner. So you can't just pull it out in the rain and pack your stuff up. So we're, we're working on it. We're, we're rolling right into the content. That's one of the things about this trip that's yeah. pretty pretty darn cool is your it, truck you have picked up the osmo action camera the newly released camera that looks like a gopro functions like a gopro but is made by dji which is the same company that has the the drones that you use that has the gimbals that we've had for the cell phones the which is osmo mobile one and two then we had the osmo pocket that we are still very excited about and all three of us have picked that up to do b-roll for vlogging for our youtube channel which people our youtube channel is going to explode this year sit tight subscribe to that because we have big plans it's a couple of months in the work because we need to create a lot of content to get it rolling but when it does you are going to love it so the Osmo Pocket facilitates that for quick filming in the field behind the scenes so we can capture all kinds of exciting story content to share with you. But what's going on, DJI comes in with this Osmo Action. We talked about it a bit the last podcast we recorded. I mean, it, one of the benefits is it's waterproof, whereas the mobile isn't. But you've picked it up to use on this upcoming adventure, this drive. Exactly. 
And uh, it's kind of been killing me because I didn't want to open up the package until we all had a chance to talk about it. And anybody that's watching the video, you can see the box. And I haven't done much studying on it. I watched a couple of videos, a couple of comparison videos, because the closest competitor is the GoPro 7. They both have image stabilization. I think they're very, very similar cameras, right? But the biggest difference with this camera is it's, for me, that I've seen so far is it's got a screen on the front. So if you're trying to line up a shot, you can use that screen on the front. Otherwise, I think they're very similar cameras as far as the GoPro 7 and this one. Screen on the front, screen on the back, and the back one is touchscreen, correct? And yes. I don't know if the Hero 7 is touchscreen or not, but I think it is. is. Um, well, yeah, it is because I have a GoPro 5 and it's touchscreen. Is it? Yeah. I heard the interface, the software was preferred on the Osmo Action, just more user-friendly. But the front-facing screen is like, that's so important for blogging or storytelling, for what we what we want to do. I mean, to couple our wildlife video and, and stills that we'll collect in the field, we want to see share what we are doing and be able to see that you're in the frame. You know, for the DSLRs, you need that articulating back screen so it can spin out to the side of the camera and you can frame it up properly. This is awesome to have a screen where you can see your positioning, and it's it's important to have that. So, I think that's huge. Something else, and I I don't think I could stand to be corrected on this. I don't think the GoPro has voice command. And what I watched on YouTube today, the fellow using it just said, you know, start recording, stop recording, take a photo, switch screen. All of that stuff was voice command while he was walking with the Osmo Action. So that's pretty cool, just to say start recording. Instead of reaching out and hitting the button and have that. The other thing, one thing he did say was when you switch screens, it does stop the video for about four seconds. But if oh. you know that, it's not a big deal. Yeah, plan for it. Yep. Yeah, I didn't do a lot of studying on it. And when we started thinking about doing this trip, I knew I needed to get another camera. So what we're going to do is we're going to have... A GoPro 5. Do you guys remember this? Go. I don't even remember what this one's called, but it's a little square. I don't... It's a oh, GoPro... Oh, that's the one that's like the 360, isn't no, it? No, no. This one was before that. Oh. It's just like a oh. little... I don't even remember what they call it. But... Cube. A cube yeah. of... Yeah, something. <laughs> it's, yeah. So we're going to have that. We got the Osmo Pocket. And then, of course, I'll have... I'll set up the Sony... And then I'll have the reds ready to go, but they're going to be packed away in a hard case. So like when we photograph in the Northern Rockies, you'll know if you're up against a wildlife opportunity that's going to stick around. If there's a moose walking across the road, we're not going to shoot it with a big camera. We're just going to try to get some Osmo or GoPro footage and call it good. But if we get in a situation where you got a bear feeding on the side of the road or you got who knows what, I think there's stone sheep along the way it'd be yep. really fun to film some stone sheep mountain goats mountain goats big horn you're gonna have missy along so there's probably gonna be a lynx. moose with a or excuse me a lynx that's what i meant it's probably gonna be a lynx with a young one standing on its back or a lynx them. riding a moose that could happen yeah if missy's there it could right. happen so um we're just gonna have some fun and it's uh, been one of those bucket list things I've been going to Alaska for a lot of years, and the issue is it takes a lot of time. 
you know, if you map it out on Google Maps, it says 57 hours of driving. Yeah. And so that's like 3,200 miles. If you figure that out, and if you try to do it, say, six to eight hours a day, the one thing you have to do is you have to get there, do your stuff, and then you have to come back. We're in a really fortunate situation where we're going to be able to leave the truck up there. So it saves two weeks, at least two weeks of coming back. And that's what's allowing us to try this out and just see how, you know, see what it's like. And it's a bucket list thing. I've always wanted to go. I've always, who knows? I mean, it's probably, it's beautiful. I mean, what you see the first, the minute you cross the Canadian border is, it's awesome. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, well, Wyoming's cool. That was Michael saying that, not Mark. So we're we're all good. It's all. Yeah, that's true, Ron. Wyoming's cool. <laughs> I, you know what I'm dreading? I am dreading hitting Yellowstone at the wrong time because of crowds. That's the only bummer thing about Yellowstone nowadays. It's still a spectacular place. It's just you got to go when the going's good, and you but could you're... end up in a traffic jam in the middle of Yellowstone National Park. You could. You're going in the middle of the week, though, to Yellowstone. So hopefully, and it'll be after a holiday weekend. So hopefully the the traffic in the park won't be as bad. Yeah. Most people kind of get that out of their system over the holiday, the long weekend. And then the crowds kind of taper back a little bit. You still have the buses, but you should be in good shape for next week, especially if it continues to snow. That'll limit the limit the traffic also. Yeah, you know, you wonder how many people are just like, nah, I'm not going to do this. It's There's too much snow. You know, it's in Colorado, it's tradition to open up all these high mountain passes on Memorial. It's Memorial Day weekend, right? And, you know, there's Trail Ridge Road, which is 12,000 feet. There's Mount Evans. There's uh, Independence Pass. None of these passes are opening in Colorado this year because there's too much. You know, they're still getting feet of snow right now. It's snowing up there right now. So, yeah, it could very well change the whole game. But then the flip side is, and Mark, you were talking about this earlier, you get up in Alberta and there's forest fires already. This is all adventure, man. I, this is going to be such an incredible trip because you don't – and you've got to take the time. You talked about the number of hours it would take to drive there. But obviously you don't want to drive long days or any longer than you need to and you want to encounter things and see things you how many times are you going to do this drive in your lifetime right so if you're you, you have the benefit of just doing the one way you don't have to come back take an extra week take an extra two weeks and when you hear from locals something cool's going on or you come across some wildlife you can take that afternoon to spend that film it document it and create great content for our podcasts for our youtube channel and I'm excited about this trip, but yeah, as far as what's going on in Alberta, it's a flip side. You guys have cold, damp, snowy weather in the southwest. Alberta is burning. It's not It's not that it's super hot, but there is you know, something you're going to have to figure out as you drive north. You have one of two routes to go in the one route, and I haven't heard anything about roads being closed. And if, they, if it does cross the road, it'll likely sweep through in a day or two, and you just have to hold tight. But again, that's That'd be an interesting element to include in the story because it's happening more and more frequently. It's becoming quite relevant in the West, these monstrous forest fires. And this one is near high-level Alberta, which is on the eastern side of the Rocky Mountains. Um, 
I would guess maybe a couple hours north of Edmonton, might be a little further. But what's crazy to me on scale, and I, I know there have been bigger wildfires, but in a week, it's now 920 square kilometers that are burning of forest, which I looked this up. I would like to say I can do this in my head, <laughs> <laughs> which is equivalent of 355 square miles that's burning right now. And it's only three kilometers from the town of High River, which I think has a population around 5,000 people. It has been evacuated. Although I hear that Tim Hortons is still opening and giving free coffee away for who's still around. <laughs> that, just looking at the images of that fire, it's it's burning very hot because it's it's crowned and the the flames are well above the tops of the trees, so it it's moving quickly and and real hot. It's probably going to scorch some earth, unfortunately, up there. It's an issue, and so that'll be something that may come up be part of the part yeah. of the adventure part of the story and it's a lot of the rockies where i travel through in the past five years it it takes my breath away to see the lodgepole pine how much of that forest how much of those mountain slopes are now brown and dead 10 years ago not even that long ago it was all green beautiful landscapes and vistas if you go on and you look at landscapes on social media on instagram and you see some of the northern rockies it looks like fall brown those are all dead evergreens, and it's inevitable they're going to burn. Right. right. So we keep waiting for it down here as well because the pine beetles have killed a lot of the big pine stands. And yeah. And it's a natural it's, thing, it's a natural it cycle. Yep. However, we've been putting fires out for so long, and the, for, the forest is so dense now that when it does catch, it's going to go on fire like nothing ever seen. I mean, it's not a slow burner. It's a total destruction. Yep. Yeah, there's some interesting spinoffs. And I don't know a whole lot about the logging industry, but I spend quite a bit of time in northern Alberta each year. And I know the logging companies have been very busy running shifts around the clock, just cutting what they can of these lodgepole pine forests that are salvageable. But then they're also cutting down the future, right? But then otherwise, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. What do you do? Do you leave it and it burns? And then there's, there's no value to it. Or do they cut it all down and then there's nothing to cut three or four years from now? Right. There's a, you know, there could be unemployment issues or what goes on. So there's a lot of that back and forth going on in Alberta and British Columbia for that matter too. But that'll factor in to your drive. It'll totally factor in. And like I said earlier, we really haven't. I mean, I know the general direction we're going to go. And I know, you know, we're going to want to hit the Northern Rockies and I you're going to be up there, what, that week. So we're going to plan on meeting up with you at some point somewhere up yes. in there. But from, from there, we, there's one, I think there's two ways we can go. But then it all eventually meets up on the Alaska Highway. And, uh, you know, our good buddies, Eric and Debbie Brewer, and Eric's been on our podcast before, they do that drive every year. It seems like they go from where Prince George... That's right. Two yeah. Fairbanks and then into Alaska. And I was just going to wait and talk with him and just say, what's, what's the best way to go? What would he recommend? Just cause he's done it so many times, you know, cause yeah. we don't have a schedule. We don't have to adhere to anything. It's just, I do have to be back in Denver by the 14th or something of June. Must so. be rough. <laughs> well, that <laughs> they're they're my west coast family 
love those people. And if there's anybody, you know, personally that I would consult because of the number of times they've driven it, I would, I would talk to them. So we'll have to have that powwow when we're at that visit, that catch up, uh, when we're all out there together. Make it part so, of a podcast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So you guys are going to have the opportunity to see several people on the way up that you know and have the opportunity to see some places that I guess, Missy, you have never seen Yellowstone? No. Unbelievable, but I haven't. Or Montana. She's never or been Montana. to Montana. Well, you'll see both. You'll see a lot of Montana. Yellowstone will be fun for you. And and I do think the traffic won't be as bad as it will be later in the summer, so you guys will enjoy it. And there's still a lot of bear activity. It, it slowed down a bit from what it was. A couple of weeks ago, I was really envious of a lot of friends that were out there because there were seems to be bears everywhere. And apparently it's slowed down just a little bit, but there'll be plenty of activity. Plus the elk calves should be hitting the ground. We've already had antelope fawns born here, even with the the inclement weather. So the elk calves should be hitting the ground in Yellowstone and you guys should be able to see some good behavior when that yeah, starts some happening. Bird dogging. Some bears doing some bird dog. Yeah. yeah, you'll follow that north. As you go north, there'll be more and more of the calving or fawning season going on. That's something I try to time as well for the trip out west is to try and get that at the end because it brings in other animals too. And just they're so playful and photogenic, elk right. calves. Well, and it's already happening here with the moose. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this so should, I don't know. This should be a pretty interesting. But like I say, you want to go with no plan and no, you know, some plan. if you don't I you have a north. plan, but we don't have a head north. You know, there's we don't, the plan. We don't no have agenda. To, yeah. You know, we teased in the beginning of the vehicle we're taking. It's not. Let's it's, start there. It Tell should us not. About your truck. It should not be going to Alaska. This thing. But this is so original. I yeah. mean, who's yeah. done this? Well, in I this don't know. Vehicle? Talk about it. I don't know. I mean, we should be Crazy. taking like a rental car and putting a lot of miles on a rental car, right? And dropping it off and saying, wow, we did that. That's good. Let's hop off, you know. But I don't know, four or five years ago, I built, I, ever since I was a kid, I've had these Toyota trucks. And so I kind of fell in love with them. And I've had uh, an 80s style Toyota 4Runner forever. And probably four or five or six years ago, I got this wild hair to, to rebuild this one. I used it as my daily driver, right? It's just you get in, you go photograph. It's perfect for photography. It's closed in. You could sleep in the back if you wanted. It didn't look like anything, nothing special. It was just like this old beater truck. And so we'd drive it around and we'd do, go do wild horses. We'd go do all these really extravagant locations where if you're going to scratch the side of your truck, you don't care, or, you know. But one day I just was like, man, I should really fix this thing up. So then I started down this path and one thing led to another. You start with, well, I don't even remember what we started. I think tires started the whole thing. I. I think I put some new rims on it from an old truck that I had. I just swapped them, and I was like, man, I should put a little bit bigger tire. So I do that. And then we decided to have it painted. Then it was like, wow, it looked good with the new paint job. So we did a new paint job. Well, we had to do a paint job twice. So that's kind of a funny story because we took it in, and we had a certain color picked out, but the guy that was painting it thought that we might like this other color. And it was like purple. It came out purple the first time. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. We're like, no, this isn't going to work. He's like, take be, it for a couple of weeks and see if you like it. 
You'd be the talk of Alaska. Right. You drove up there in a purple Why? Truck. So here's the deal. When I started doing the paint job, then I'm like, oh, man, why don't I just rebuild this motor? And then we'll have a brand new truck, essentially. And great paint job. You know, the Toyotas are super famous for rusting out in the back. So I bought new panels, so there's no rust. It's just, it looks pristine. So new tires, new paint job. If we got a new motor, we basically have this new car. So we did it. And what was funny about that paint job is they painted it before we had the motor done. So we drove it to California. Purple. Purple. Well, that's was, okay. Going to California purple is okay. <laughs> yeah. well, it's different. <laughs> I guess it was more periwinkle. <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, it was just Okay, very... we're going to have to cut that off right there. <laughs> it was not going to fly for being a cool little truck, this color. But I mean, it just wasn't going to work. But this is cool. The story is awesome. I, I mean, <laughs> that you took it to California. And just to give some high, behind story, too, on this, the first time I flew to Denver to shoot in that area with you. Yeah. I don't know, five years ago, maybe that's what you picked me up in the airport. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what's yeah. this coming? And yeah. it was so cool. It's like this forerunner coming off the desert, you know, with, with the open back at that time. Cause you said it's a soft top, right? So, I mean, it's open and, and these big tires and it's like, you go anywhere in this, where are we going, Mike? Yeah. And, but it, it was a little slower. It's a lot view. slower. <laughs> okay. Yeah. A it's lot a, if anybody knows anything about these old trucks, they're four cylinder. So this was all made in the 80s when the gas shortage and everybody's thinking fuel economy and Toyota was really famous for coming out with these little four-cylinder, not a lot of pep motors, but they're fine around the city. And I've seen them go three, four, five hundred thousand miles and it was a very popular vehicle. So I, and the reason we drove it to California is I'm the kind of guy that just wants to do everything as nice as you possibly can do it, right? And I ended up finding a guy that all he does is rebuild motors for that truck. That style of motor, that's all they do. And I thought, man, how cool would it be to have this guy? So we drove it to California, dropped it off. I flew back to Denver. Missy and I flew back to Denver. And then we flew back out there when he was done with it, like three weeks later, and drove it back. But this guy was so meticulous. He pulled out every nut and bolt, and he had it all lined up just perfectly on his bench. And... He knew the name of every bolt and the name of every screw and wire. And I mean, I, was, I felt I felt privileged to have this guy working on my vehicle because he just was, I knew it was going to be perfect, right? So then we get that done and then, oh, it'd be nice to have a customized bumper with some of those big old lights on it. And then it'd be, wow, if we could have a rear tire bumper that would hold the spare tire so that it's not underneath the vehicle, that'd be super cool. So then we got these custom bumpers made. So then we built this really super cool truck and it's sat in the garage for two years now because I'm so busy working that I haven't had time to take it out. I looked at, I, I write down every time I get gas. I don't know, it's just a stupid habit. habit I, I, don't need, I guess I could use it for taxes, right? Because you know how many miles you're driving. But on all my vehicles, I have a little mileage book. So I write down every time. The last time I filled that thing up with gas was two years ago. <laughs> That's how much I drive it. Last year, yeah, I took awesome. it out and put some stable, you know, the gas stabilizer in it because if it's just going to sit there. So all this is percolating in my brain and I'm like, oh, I've got a, a window of time coming up. It's perfect time of year. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to mess up. If you're going to go to Alaska in July, you want to go film stuff. You want to be out playing with salmon or bears or something. You don't want to be driving up there. 
So this just seemed like a good time to be driving. It's either now or in the fall. The fall would be cool to come down from Alaska and follow the fall. That would, that's always been a dream. But this is just the other way. So all these pieces are coming together and we happen to have a place to store the vehicle up there. So it just germinated about three weeks ago. It's like, I wonder if we could pull this off. And then most importantly, I was thinking it'd be cool media content for our website, for our, our podcast, for our website, for our Instagram. We're just going to show the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I'm pretty, I, you know, doing a vlog. Who knows what we'll see every day? Will there be enough content every day? But we're going to fly drones. We're going to have GoPros going. We're going to try to shoot just as much as we can and try to experience or uh, share that experience the whole way. Well, the, the drive will be magnificent through the country and and the wildlife that you will encounter now and then will be off the charts. So the thing about this, too, that's you, how many when you're doing this route, just having some experience in this truck, you don't want to necessarily spend a lot of time on interstates, but you want to get to where you're going. Right. You want to do it on the most scenic route possible. But this truck probably is better not to spend a lot of time on the interstate. It's best on a scenic route, for sure. Here's a little fun story. I took it down to my folks' place in Durango. Missy and I were like, ah, oh, let's drive down there and check it out. Well, going from Denver to Durango, you go over. It's a two-lane road the whole way. There's no interstate, which is great for this truck. Because this truck, top speed in this truck with all of the hamsters turning the wheels in the front on a f completely fat, flat piece of ground with no headwind. And you're leaning forward. And leaning and forward. 55 leaning. to 60 is, you're, that's dream speed right there. So to get yeah. on an interstate where people are going 80, it's scary. I'm, that's one part I'm dreading in Wyoming because I'm thinking if I drive by Ron's place, if I go by Douglas... These people on that interstate will be 80, 85, and, you know, I'm like, cruising down yeah, there at like 55 miles an hour. You'll be fine in Wyoming because, yeah, they're going 85, but there's only three of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the good thing, right? <laughs> all, all you got to watch out for are the big semis. But to finish yep. my story, so we went down there, and there's three mountain passes. That is one of the big killers for this truck because it's so slow and the gearing is not good and the tires are too big i mean they're not huge they're just 33 inch tires it's not astronomically big but they're bigger than what would come on stock so we were going up this mountain pass and at this point this is i don't even know five six seven years ago missy had never seen a bear before in colorado so we're headed up wolf creek pass which is i don't know tops out at twelve thousand feet that truck is in third gear. I'm going as fast as I possibly can go. Might be 35 miles an hour up this hill. 25. 25. <laughs> and Missy looks over and she sees a bear. She'd have never saw that bear if we'd have been going, you know, regular speed limit. So it's wildlife opportunities are going to be go. spectacular with this vehicle, especially up hills. That's, that's <laughs> the whole goal. Yeah, we could put a sign that says you may be going faster but we're going further <laughs> <laughs> the other bad thing about this vehicle for this kind of a trip is there's nowhere to sleep so i what i've done is we're going to try to hotel a motel it most of the way but you know 
that means you have to, it's got a soft top on it. I have a hard top, but it'd be more fun to go on the soft top, right? So if we have the soft top, that means anybody could just undo the snaps and pull out anything out of the back. So everything's going to have to be locked up with chains and cables and stuff. But then also you can't just park in the middle of the night and leave the truck somewhere and go into a hotel. So we've purchased cots. And I think if we get in a situation where we can't park right outside of a, a little motel, you know, the old style drive up to your door motel. I think we'll just pull over on the side of the road and sleep in a cot. Well, and it's hard for the hotel thing, too, because we don't know what days and where we're going to be. I mean, we can't really plan um, how many days we're going to spend in certain places or anything like that. We don't even know how long it's going to take us to get there. So we can't book ahead or anything like that. We'll just have to check it out once we get there. I love that part of this adventure. That's it's the just best part. Wide right? open for you guys, and, and what you'll be able to discover and share with people. It, it's at your pace, right? You know, it's it's a tremendous privilege to have this opportunity to do it at your pace. That's what I think is right, and we're good with no shower. If you go three or four days without a shower, fine. Shh. No There's big deal. Always mountain streams. Mountain streams. The other good thing in Canada, which we should let everybody know, is most campgrounds have a shower. I, that was a really pleasant surprise for me a couple of years ago when we were up in Canada with you and you just roll into a, you know, that's not the case down in the lower 48. The only thing I, um, I guess I should say free shower. The only thing I have found as far as the campgrounds and stuff go in Canada is they're kind of off the beaten path. So it's not like right off the main road that we will be taking. So we'll have to venture off and then back on. So that'll take up some time too. Which will be fun. Yeah. yeah. Then you talk to the locals and you find out there's a grizzly that's been coming out every evening three miles down the road or three kilometers down the road and End up you spend an evening. Longer. Pardon? <laughs> End up staying longer. Yeah. Well, then they make more money of you staying at their place for the night and you get the images <laughs> and the story and it's all right. comes together. Yeah. Well, and you never know, right? The only way you're going to find out about that stuff is to talk with the locals. Yeah. Whenever there's an opportunity. Yeah. People love to hear about your story, and you'll find out stuff along the way. Yeah, and hopefully we're just going to have all kinds of really cool content that we can share on our page. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people ever have this opportunity just because of the time it takes to do it. So if we can share it, it'll be kind of fun. Yeah, it's been fun to listen to the people talk about living vicariously through the adventures that we talk about on the podcast. I'm, I'm really interested in living vicariously through you guys on this trip because it is something that I want to do, but it's going to be a while before it can be done. Yep. Yeah, I would do it again, you know, down the road with our whole crew at some point if we can pull right. it off. But this just, all the stars align for this one and it's like, let's try it. Let's give it a go. It'll be a great experiment and there'd be nobody to, better to try it on our crew, our group, because of, of your experience and, and with filmmaking and, and working the different GoPros or the Osmos and creating the content. So I think it'll be a fun experiment. Absolutely. And I'm looking forward to meeting up with you in the Rockies and, and hearing about what's happened and then downloading it in a podcast form at that point to share with people. But it's exciting to think about. It's, it's our objective is to create this kind of YouTube channel that's a show and not that people are coming with us by watching it. Right. And this is, mm -hmm. this is a great way to launch that. And we have, you know, to kick off this year and, and our, our 
optimistic plans about what we want to do with YouTube. Let me ask you guys on this on this trip, since you guys are both more familiar with like Montana and southern Alberta. Waterton Canyon. No, is it called what is it? Waterton National Park? Waterton yes. National Park, yep. Is that in the US and Canada or is it just a Canadian national park? Or it's not even a state park. It's glacier until you hit the border and then it it's Waterton once you go across into Alberta. So it's one continuous so park, it's a but continuous it's in two different area, countries. Yeah. Yep. It's called an international peace park. Or yep. Glacier National Park and Waterton sister up and, and it's the same protected area but the two names because of the different countries so when you drive through there where do you pop out when you get out of the park when you get out of waterton driving north where does that come out at depends on which side you go you on the east side you'll come up to calgary okay or calgary calgary calgary, calgary. yeah don't don't do that which it's really <laughs> no it's you know I well, I'll, t I'll explain that it's I've done both drives and when you come into Canada into Alberta from Montana in from Glacier into Waterton you're right on the edge of Waterton National Park so you either turn left and you go into the park check it out you know that would be a cool place if you were at the end of your day to go and stay for the night because the scenery, the wildlife, there's a lot of opportunity there for content. But you're right on the edge of it. So it's literally, if once you come across the border, within five or ten minutes, you're past the park if you don't turn left and go into it when you're heading north. Yep. You can go straight up to Calgary, and it's great grassland, amazing country. You'll see pronghorns, you'll see mule deer, you'll see some western towns. But I suspect at that point you will have driven through a lot of country like that before you get there so instead you veer to the left when you get north of waterton and do the trip through the kananaskis country which takes you through the mountains on the eastern side of the rockies and it's super interesting i've actually only done that drive once but on the on the southern end of it there are a lot of free-range cattle so every once in a while you go across the cattle grid on the road right that they don't Gate. It's not a gate. It's the spaced metal bars that the cattle don't walk across. Right. And cattle guard. Cattle guard. So <laughs> you. <laughs> and there are these segments that are leased for these free range cattle. But when and they can be right on the road. So when I was driving through, there's nobody around. It was evening, and there were like 50 cows on the road. All these black Angus cattle. And I'm in this black minivan, and I'm like oh, that I'd rent it. I'm like, well, you guys think I'm one of the crew? You're in no hurry. <laughs> To get out of the way. And then I'm driving along in the rental van, of course, and the bull's there. And the bull's like 10 feet away, and he's looking at me. I'm like, this is not going to be good. I just see him hitting the side of the van. But no, it didn't happen, thankfully. Got it through. But when you, it was probably only the last hour and a half of the drive through Kananaskis that was subject to that. And then when you go further north, heading toward Banff, then it's just phenomenal. The views. So that's the where it pops out, is in Banff. Just east. Probably uh, half an hour east of Banff. And then you hit the the highway, the equivalent of an interstate, and head toward Banff. Okay. And then go north through the ice fields. So people who haven't done this, 
it is an incredible drive. It's an, a breathtaking part of North America. All these, all the Rockies in through Canada, and it's such an accessible area. Whether you drive like you're doing, if you have the time, or you fly to Calgary, you rent a car. There are unlimited miles or kilometers for your rental. It's a one-hour easy drive, and you're in the mountains, and it's beautiful. Everything about it, the scenery, the wildlife. But if you head north, then you get to experience the ice fields, and and that's something to behold on itself too. Right. Yeah, see, that was my only question on this whole drive, because it's pretty cut and dried once you get up into the Yukon, you're on one road, right? There's no, but the different ways that we drive through Wyoming, depending on if we go through Yellowstone, which we will, so Missy can see that. Um, Bozeman's a cool little town. I was just there a couple, I don't know, a couple months ago doing some podcast stuff. And then, and I'd never been there before to spend any, spend the night. I've driven through it, but it's a kind of a cool little town. Then you just figure, do you go east up and go up into Calgary? Or like, I figured there had to be something like what you just described, mm -hmm. which would be a little bit better. And there's possibilities of bears probably that whole way. And then you get right into BAM. Well, you know, there'll be elk, I'm sure, deer. Mm -hmm. You'll see mule deer, sheep, moose. Who knows, moose. Yeah. So like I said earlier, I think it's a... You just know, we all do this so much, you know, if you drive up on an opportunity, you'll know if it's going to be there for a little bit. And if it is, we're going to shoot it. We're going to get out the big cameras and we're going to, Missy will shoot stills, I'll shoot video. I'm actually going to have a still camera ready to go too, because sometimes you just have enough time to, you know, pop off two or three really awesome shots and then it's all over with. So I'll keep that at the ready too. But if it, if there's stone sheep on the side of the road, you know, we'll get out and shoot that and, you know, for an hour or however long. I mean, I remember one time finding bears kind of by the ice fields and we ended up leaving and the bear was still there, you know, so you could have a situation where the bear's there for hours just eating away. So we're going to try to take advantage of every opportunity just to, you know, I've watched a ton of stuff on YouTube just to see how other people do this. And most people aren't like us. Most, most people really enjoy wildlife, but they just see it drive by and you know away they go i haven't seen anybody that's really focusing on making it kind of like a wildlife drive you know i've watched some people that one thing i watched was some kids that drove from florida to alaska the one i watched today was these guys in an rv and they were keeping a wildlife count which was interesting but they were more interested in just covering the miles and doing their thing and sleeping in walmart parking lots and that sort of thing yeah, we're going to kind of be on the roughing it side of things, I think, and try to take advantage of any wildlife opportunity. Yeah, you did, you have the potential to put together a pretty good documentary by the time this thing's over. You document just exactly what the trip could be for people. Right. I think I think it could be huge. Yeah, it could be kind of fun. We'll have a little film thing. What so what we'll do is social media wise, we'll put up stories, Instagram stories. Um the one wild card is how much internet you'll get along the way, right? So uh, my phone, you know, doing the Northern Rockies, the Banff area, my phone works fine. I've done that plenty of times. But you can't upload tons of stuff. You can do enough to do a story or something. But if there's a way where we can get inst uh, internet, I'm hoping to edit a couple of daily vlogs along the way while Missy's driving. You know, I can just edit something together and you know, a little 10 minute kind of thing here and there. Well, and I've downloaded a few apps 
like traveling apps that'll help too, you know, different ones like gas stations, price of gas, that kind of stuff. And there's one that tells places that you can go that has Wi-Fi, free Wi-Fi, and all that kind of stuff, how good it is. So we'll try them out. Cool. That's a whole nother thing. You could do so much. I mean, you, you watch some of these videos and the way they pimp up these cars. I mean, they've got this whole electronic console and one is monitoring your engine. The other one's monitoring all the places you can stay and the other one's monitoring communications. And these guys have cam radios and I'm like, whew, I've got a, a <laughs> five-year-old GPS in my phone. <laughs> but it, it, again, it's the story. You're going to yeah. tell such a great story. And if anybody on our team, I mean, just right from when you're packing your cool truck and how you're doing that and, and the hacks in that. And then I want to see the footage of you guys rolling out of the driveway. And then I want to, I mean. Yeah, I'm we're going to do that. Greedy here, but you we know. We are going to do that. The time lapse across Wyoming, the whole state in 30 seconds. It'll look pretty similar. <laughs> the whole 30 seconds. This, the story, the story you can tell, and there's so many levels and aspects that are of interest because we all travel. We love to travel, if it's to wildlife destinations or landscapes or this, these iconic places. What you go through to do it, right? So, and, and the hacks and tips, and I, you know, I had pro, a pro tip lined up for today, but this just, man, it just happened naturally into the content. This is right. too good an episode, but hacks like. You know, keeping your camera gear, the stills that you're going to shoot, keep it ready by you. Just like we've talked about in other podcasts where, you know, we start out in the morning, even though we're in our wilderness area. But I I have even, you know, after all these years, I'll start out and I'm not prepared. And then it happens. And then it's a scramble to get everything together and you miss opportunities. So driving along through this magnificent country, whether it's the way the sun comes through the clouds over the mountains and there's that 30-second opportunity to capture that aside from all the b-roll you'll be doing with these other the cameras like the the new osmo action and the the gopros and such to have your good cameras right there so when you do pull up you round a corner and there's a grizzly that happens to be 20 yards away and and it happens to look up because you've just shown up and you get that picture whereas two minutes later it's feeding on dandelions again and could care less right and that's that so you know Stuff like that for wildlife photography, how you pack your vehicle so you have this stuff ready that you need every day and making that a priority is important to share. I, you know, it's yeah. been rolling around in my mind every day. I wake up and you know, I know the configuration of the car, I kind of know what we're about, what we're trying to take. What I did is I put a limit on myself. It's I'm gonna take whatever I can take, whatever if I was flying, I could take two bags and my cameras. So I'm thinking I got to keep it that small because you can't pile it full of stuff and then expect to be able to reach back and grab a camera. We really don't have that much room. Mm-hmm. No, these are little not, bitty not trucks. A, you're right. It's not a big so vehicle. So it's going to be very interesting. You know, I, what I was thinking is <laughs> Wyoming will be a good first state to hit because we'll have time to drive you know, two or three hours and then practice like, oh, can I get that camera out of there or can I reach back? And then, you know, we all do it. You get in these little, you think it's going to work, and then you get out there, and it's like, I can't reach that. Or, oh, why did I put that over there, and it should be here. And, you know, you just kind of evolve into that perfect little working scenario, and it takes sometimes a couple of days, or sometimes you figure it out in a couple hours. But you're right. 
Yeah, and if we're going to have to be reading a lot of maps and moving around and grabbing this or that, I think I'll be driving because otherwise I'll be puking. <laughs> Missy's so got much a bad. story to be in. Make sure, make sure you get some of those too. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. For the Instagram stories. For because, the Instagram story. Yeah, yeah if we can get her back. face all green. Yeah. Peter, oh, it'll Peter, happen. A couple donuts and six cups of coffee, and then I'm going to get some. <laughs> I'm going to get some payback. <laughs> Missy's stories are Ron. so great on our Wild and Exposed Instagram page. But as much, we all laugh about it, but she does like to hang us out to dry at times. So it's fun. <laughs> but I plan it's on getting good. enough material of her. You know, we were joking today. We were talking about it. And if Missy's like a little baby, if, if you want to put her to sleep, all you got to do is put her in a car let the sun beat through the window for about and I'm out three minutes and she's out. I mean, I'm basically, I should be driving solo. It's I got nobody to talk to. I'm going to load up on podcasts and you know, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some interesting pictures. Ron. So I'll get you some you, stuff. Ron. You'll be good. I appreciate it. You'll be well, set for I, a year. Can I tell a little behind the scenes story? Just so our listeners know a little bit about the fun and antics we get into on these trips. Yeah, let's hear it. You know, Missy's our producer. She does have the power to cut this later. Maybe she will, maybe she won't. But in Alaska, a handful of years ago, we were shooting and we were all glamping where we're in, in our rental vans and we're traveling in different areas around the state and we have all our gear there. So we're sleeping in the vehicles, ready to go fast in the morning to the next destination, whatever that morning would dictate. Well, apparently, when Michael went to bed, he, his, he needed somewhere to put his socks to keep them warm overnight. <laughs> and the next morning, when they woke up, and now if I remember this incorrectly, stop me and tell, tell the accurate story, but Mike asked Misty if she would sit up so he'd get her, his dry and warm socks from under her pillow, the socks that he'd worn all the day before. And she didn't well, realize. Probably for three all, days. All night long. Okay, wore them for three days. <laughs> yeah. All night long. Didn't know they were there. Never smelt them. I mean, you must have some pretty sweet, clean feet, buddy, because <laughs> if I wear the same socks for three days in Alaska in hiking boots, the bears run away. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was like, I think why I would was, you put them under my pillow? I think what happened is I got... It's affection. It's affection. <laughs> you know, we all have our ways that we get, we rig out these rental vans, so you get the premium sleeping opportunity, right? Well... We had a shelf built, so I had to shimmy into my bag, and I got in before she was ready to get into her bag, and I think I got in, I had my socks on, and I thought, oh, I don't need these socks on, so I took them off. It's just a lot easier to slide it over under her pillow than my pillow. <laughs> yeah, paybacks. And, and, and they're still a happy couple. That's awesome. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I look forward to time. hearing something. Some of the spinoffs from this this ultimate journey, and from Denver to Anchorage, that's going to be so much fun. I'm so happy for you guys to be able to experience this and 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 to share it with our audience. And not knowing what you're going to see, and it, there's so much along that route, and and to do it the first time will be so exciting. It could and, be fun, uh, you know. The, I think my only concern with the whole thing is the truck. You know, it's pretty much new. The motor's new. The truck's new. I just took it into the shop the other day. He replaced the U-joints. He replaced, repacked all the bearings. 
we had a brake job done on it like a couple of years ago. It should all be there, but you never know those little gremlins, you know, and I just hope that one thing, some, you know, water pump or some crazy thing. I have changed the fuel filter in this truck on the side of the road on one of our adventures one time. So who knows? I, I can fix stuff, but you, you know, if you're out in the middle of nowhere, you're going to have the parts. I am going to take extra parts. I'm going to take a fuel filter and all the fluids that I can, you know, not too much, but enough. And then uh, extra fuel pump. Tire repair. Tire repair. That was one of the, on a couple of videos I've been watching, you know, these guys are, and this truck has a compressor in it because it has a rear locker. So in order to lock that in, it has to be, it's pressure from a, a compressor. So I do have a little compressor that I could fill up air. If we do get a flat, you fix it with those plugs and then you could fill it back up. So we'll see. It's going to be, it's, it is, it's kind of an awesome adventure and you just don't know, you know, you got butterflies in your stomach cause you're like, oh, this is a little like on the edgy kind of thing. But then you watch some of these YouTube videos and these guys are like, oh, that was so easy. You know, it could be if you did it 50 years ago when it was gravel road and there was no structure to the road or not, I guess it wasn't even yeah. 50 years ago. It was more like 30 years ago. I can remember 15 years ago in Alaska popping tires on my rented Ford Expedition like they were bubble single ply donuts, bubblegum, pop, pop, pop. I lost so many days in the field for getting tires fixed and you're, you know, sweating bullets because you're driving along and you're on the spare. Yeah. You know, six yeah. hours from anywhere and hoping that the spare will take you there. And if it doesn't, yeah. Yep. So it, the roads are much better now. Especially yeah. And now with cell phones, I mean, I think from li watching a lot of the videos I've watched, there's a lot of cell. I mean, there's still the zones that don't have it for sure. But there's going to be more, probably more coverage than not. And mm -hmm. then I, we also have one of those in reaches. Have you guys used those? Oh, right on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we have an inReach, so we should be able That's to good. text somebody. They're they're awesome. My, yeah. my buddy Bill has one. I was going to pick one up, but he's uh, this year. And, well, we'd had one until he got me for Christmas, but it was the wrong model, so we sent it back. So I was going to order the correct one, and he has it, and he only uses it a couple times a year. So I'm just going to borrow yeah, his. Trade it. But for the 25 or $30 a month fee for the inReach, this plan they have, and that, the fact that you can do, I'm not sure the exact number, if it was 50 texts, you know, it's easy to communicate. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be an emergency. You can just, in, you know, yeah. text your spouse or your, your parents or whoever and say, hey, it's all good. This is where I'm at tonight. Touch base tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Well, I it think sends a map also with your sure, text message. Right. So right. it says exactly your coordinates. Yeah. Which right. Is cool. So you can match emails up to that yep. uh, he did an interior my buddy bill an interior solo canoe trip through algonquin park last summer a couple of them and he had two or three of us on his on his map um email list like that so every day i would receive and it just show his course that was really cool and yeah. actually eric brewer did that once he sent me that along he hasn't in reach so yeah nowadays it's a no-brainer on a trip like this to have that yeah too. you might as well have some and it i think it's two ways it'll you can get text messages too mm -hmm. i think I used it once. Yes, you can. Yes, yeah. you can. Yeah. And you can do it two different ways. You can get it on the inReach itself, or mm -hmm. you can have it connected to your phone and receive the text messages that way. And you don't have to have service on your phone at that time in order to get it either. I believe that's how yeah. it works. Yeah. Okay. So here's, I want you to set up these 
five or six just in case. So we need to set up Wolverine. Yeah. We need to set up Wolves. Yeah. Lynx. Yeah. Let's see what else. Oh, Stone Sheep. Stone Sheep. And Missy puked. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, Ron. It's a killer list. Hold on a sec, Ron. We're going to be all on a, a boat. Looking oh, for true. whales in July. Yeah. It'll happen yeah. then. That you you got you'll have an opportunity every hour. I will bring the the Osmo pocket. I'll bring the Yeah, she chums it up. We were halibut fishing and I would <laughs> reel and puke, reel and puke. <laughs> Trooper. Wow. <laughs> she keeps a I'm... smile on too. I mean Yeah. I don't know how she does it, but it's more like puke and rally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you'll have plenty of opportunities to get that for your own, but I I won't let you down. I look forward to it. I will get some incriminating content that that you can get her back with because she's got you good a couple of times here. Yes, she has. Okay. And Mike hasn't been on the stories much either. So Mm. we might have some more stories of Michael also. I do have some some images and video I can send along, Missy. Okay, I'm gonna do the the bear dance for y'all. Ooh, yeah. We all have our version Can't of that. Can't wait. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Can't wait. So here's another travel hack for long road trips. Load up your phone with awesome podcasts. Yes. Yes. I've, I'm worried about that too because that's a lot of time to cover. So I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna have to do a little discovery mission to find some new ones. Well, you, you are one person who, well, there are many people, I hope, but you are one person who's heard every episode of Wild and Exposed. So yeah, that's the case. Yeah, but we I have can't so do many in the bank on our on the podcast apps that if people are just finding us, if you're going on a road trip, download a whole bunch of them. You'll be all set. Lots there of variety. Was a, you know, I've been a podcast listener for since they first were a thing, right? So probably 10 years. The first time Missy and I ever went to Alaska, we were listening to a photo podcast. And every time we would listen to that photo podcast, we would see something see some... super cool. Whether mm-hmm. it was a wolf or a lynx or a doll sheep. We made sure that every time we were on the road, we were plugging in a podcast and boom, it would happen. It was just magical. So now it's something we do. We have to find something cool. Yeah. Right, right on. For the rest of you though, that's exactly what happens when you listen to wild and exposed. <laughs> oh yeah. It's true. Just and then you'll know what Good to karma. do when you do see something, right? If you're listening that's to exactly us. Exactly right. Yep. Good karma. I have another, I have another travel hack. I got, I've got a whole bunch of them. I'll throw a couple in here. This stuff I found last week, and I'm loving it. And I, it was for this interior canoe trip, and it's this liquid water enhancer. It's a little squirt and the different flavors. This is fruit punch. Uh, have um, mango orange as well. So when you filter your water on these trips, you don't have to carry a big thing of juice. You just do a squirt. And when I found this in was in this was in uh in walmart so we went down this aisle my son and i planning for this trip just getting some gear packing lightly a lot of portaging and canoeing 
and there were different kinds. And I'd never seen this before, but this one's all natural. So it's by stir, all natural ingredients, and you just squirt it into your water, and you're good. No weight. <laughs> just for those of you who are on the audio podcast, if this is on YouTube, my three co-hosts have almost fallen off their chairs laughing, and they're crying. I have no idea. This is legit. This is good stuff. So there's the light filter for the squirt. <laughs> Just a little squirt. That is it's, what got me. It's surprising how how powerful this is. And even this one has no fructose, no glucose. Sugars are zero. It's no, it's good stuff. We're all laughing, but he's going to end up on a commercial after this. <laughs> you it's, didn't say the name of it. Of trips, you could keep this in your glove box, in your pocket. I don't know if the heat would bother. Be careful of that. But little squirts, and that's it. That is exactly what it should be called. Just a little squirt. Just a little squirt. This should be. Why stir? You know, you do need to stir it, I suppose. Stir is the name, S-T-U-R. Oh. Um, and it's all it's natural ingredients. That's what I liked about it. There's no calorie. There are no calories. Uh, and it doesn't and have a funky aftertaste or any of that? No. This fruit punch, I've tried the two flavors, and I like them both. So the ingredients are water, glycerin, citric acid, acid absorbic acid. Um, this is bad in my 40s here. I'm looking at this tiny print. Stevia, leaf My extract, natural flavor, organic <laughs> ethyl alcohol. That's it. That's it. No calories, no fat, no carbohydrate, no sugars. Unfortunately, no protein. 100% vitamin C. Woo! One little squirt, and you've got your 8-ounce drink ready to go, and there are lots of squirts in this container. You've got, like, we're talking 25 drinks. So you take your Nalgene, you filter your water, you put it in there. Put your put your flavor in, and you're good, ready for the day. That's the other reason I wanted to bring this up for these road trips. Just me on my soapbox, and I've switched this year because I have this nephew of mine. He's a great kid. He's in his mid-teens. When Earth Day came up earlier this year on Instagram, on his page, he's like, what are you going to do, people, for Earth Day? So this is something my wife has been a good role model for me, and she's had no single-use plastics for most of a year. I haven't followed the same game plan, but I'm getting on board. So I said to Liam, I, my answer on his Instagram was, I'm not going to do single-use plastics. So I got no straws. Now when I travel, I have a Nalgene. I fill it up when I go. I have my reusable coffee mug. So when I stop for coffee, however many times a day is necessary, depending on the trip, I reuse that. And I have another water container I take as well. That's and awesome. I feel better about it. I, you know, honestly, on these trips, by not tossing all this plastic, it's silly to drink something, one drink, no matter what brand it is, and just toss it. You know, the other thing I go in, I, I'll buy a wrap at a grocery store when I'm traveling. If I don't have things myself, I go through a small town, I'll go in and buy a wrap. I've seen grocery stores putting the wraps in these heavy-duty plastics now. That just, you eat the wrap in five minutes. What happened to that heavy-duty plastics in the garbage or recycling? Either way, it has to go through a process. I found a grocery store that has this just a, a paper wrap. And so I've taken it to other ones. I said, hey, you know, it's got to cost way less packaging for them. Do this. Simplify it. So anyway, I've, I'm no single-use plastics as I'm trying to stick to that this year. So road trips are something to try and do that with as well. And the filter things, especially when you get in the Rockies. I mean, the water there, you could probably drink it but it's so easy to have filters so i have this two bag system i purchased it's four liters filters quickly you fill the one bag hang it up put the other bag lower 
You can add a carbon layer to it, filters it, tastes great, fill up the Nalgene's, squirt in the stir, and you're off to the races. You're good for the day. I like it. That's a good hack. Well, that is really good. Dairy, you know, and you stop somewhere, you fill up the water where it's where it's safe to drink. Yep. Yeah, we have a we've been planning all that stuff. We actually bought Have you guys ever used a Yeti cooler? <laughs> They're yep. huge. They're heavy. And I'm thinking, there's no way. I mean, we can't be adding all this extra weight to this poor little truck. It's going to be, you know, working hard as it is. So we bought a little small cooler. And our plan is to just keep enough in that cooler just to have, you know, sandwiches or snacks along the way. But if you watch a lot of these videos of people doing this, a big portion of that video is, hey, what are you eating? Yeah. So mm. I don't know what we're going to sure. do with that, but I, I, it is interesting, right? Because you do want to show that kind of stuff. How did you do it? You know, you're drinking water, you're eating sandwiches, or you're stopping at ice cream, you know, <laughs> whatever, hamburger stands or whatever. I, I don't know. It's donut this, shops. Donut shops. Trail mix, <laughs> protein bars. Yep. If yep. you were coming the other way, I would just say, Grab that tote in your garage, and there's enough oatmeal to get you from Anchorage to Denver. <laughs> yep. Well, we're taking a little backpack stove, so every morning we can make our coffee. And we'll do the, exactly what you said, Mark. We'll just take our coffee cups with us. And um, You've done that for years. You guys yeah. have been great. Every yeah. destination that we've met up at, you guys have your own coffee mugs. Yeah, and we usually bring our own coffee, too, so we can just make it up. I don't know. It, it, we're going to share all this experience. So whatever we're doing, my plan is we're going to film. I mean, well, I think we'll be tired of filming ourselves. And I hope that we do what I say I'm going to do. Because a lot of times I start out really strong. And then I'm, you know, three days into it, I'm like, <sighs> you know, you think about it. You want to get plenty of shots of the, the car driving because that's so yeah. much of the story, right? And I was watching another video on YouTube today. And the guy's like, think about it. We have to drive up drop off the camera, turn around, go drive by the camera, turn around, go get the camera, then head down the road, and then do it again the next time something cools there. And then, you know, flying a drone. You want to get some drone shots of the car flying. So then you got to do this whole process. I don't know. I'm going to, I hope to fill up a lot of hard drives and we just have more stuff than we can deal with. Well, the drone stuff you just have to do for each habitat, right? You do it yeah. through the prairies. You do it a couple of Rockies where you've got some river bend or something. But yep. yeah, there's, there's a lot to think about. So that's the fun part of doing these shows. So if, if you drop Missy off to film you going by, but then she's not in the truck, right? right? Yeah, do people catch that? Does don't it matter? Is that, me is, that, is that important? <laughs> <laughs> well, so in situations where you're. You know, you could set up a tripod on the side of the road, so we'll do that. But there will be situations where it's, I'm sure you'll just be like, oh, we don't have time for this. Just get out and shoot, and we'll just drive by, and then, you know. Yeah. But we want to show the beauty and show the thing. And then I've purchased a lot of little mounts. Um, so the, the cool thing about this truck is it has a roll bar in the back. So I've bought a lot of these clamps with arms and stuff so I can clamp it right to that roll bar and then have it sticking out far enough where it won't be just showing the back of a seat. It'll stick out hopefully into the center and we can see between the two front seats and see down the road. And then I've got a couple of clamps to go up on the bumper of the front. So if it's not too buggy, 
That's another thing I wasn't thinking about. These guys in one of the other videos I watched, they showed the front of their car after they drove through Canada. Mm. There was a half an inch of bugs. Up north. What, Stuck. Yeah. When you when hit the Yukon, I expect you'll have some of that. Evening evening drives, that that will happen. Yeah. Yeah, but if be... you get a if you get a case for the GoPro, you can get the bug shot too. Yeah. Well, we definitely want that, that right? Think about that. No, it's like okay, that's great, Ron. Think about the time lapse where you've got this nice pristine view and you're driving a time lapse <laughs> and it just slowly gets covered up by bugs. Done. Yeah. That definitely. tells a story. It definitely is gonna. And they were talking. They, I didn't think about it until, I, I mean, you're always thinking about it when you're going up north. You just know the bugs are a deal. But I really didn't think about that much on your car. And then, if you do stop, like one of the these guys stopped in one spot where they were just like covered head to toe. They were the bugs were so bad, they got out and filmed. But man, they were covered. You know, so we got to take head nets and. Do you have a do you have a bug jacket? So the original bug jacket. No, it's you've worth- talked no. about that before, and I don't have one, but I have that permethrin. So we'll spray that on some jackets, and then okay, uh, well, do it that way. The bug jackets in a lot of outdoor stores, it folds up into a pouch that is its front pocket, and it does not protect your hands. You would need gloves, but as far as having it as an outer layer, it's breathable. It's a go-to if you're in that situation. If you have to hop out and spend half an hour filming or more, I mean, and there are times that we've we've done bears in the north in the spring. And oh, the bugs yeah, you'll that. be there for two or three hours, and the bugs are horrible. My buddy Bill, who does all this interior backcountry camping and canoeing, he had one, picked one up. I paid it, paid him back, showed up last year for a June trip we were doing where the black flies and mosquitoes are off the charts, and it made it possible. And the fact it just rolls up into its pouch, toss it. There's no weight to it. it it's well designed. It was sixty dollars Canadian. I is that think. like a? What are those stores? Canada Tire or Can Canada Tire or what is that called? Canadian Canadian Tire. No. Well, this was any any outdoor store probably has it. Mountain Equipment Co-op is one in Canada that does. REI would probably have it in the U.S. It's called the original Bug Shirt. So if you Google that, you'll find it. But for a trip like this, there's no weight. It's so packable that. If you were just driving, you wouldn't need it. But there will be times so you might want to get out. There's an opportunity with wildlife, and there will be bugs at some point on this trip. And it would make it a lot more comfortable for you to be out for an hour versus five minutes of swatting. And the other thing, too, is when you're filming wildlife, you don't want to have your arms swelling around swatting bugs moving any more than you need to. Right. So this facilitates that. But you'd want gloves, too. You'd want some kind of hand protection. protection. Well, yeah. and one thing I was thinking is, you watch a lot, I keep referring to all these videos, but I've watched so many just because I'm trying, I can't imagine doing this 20 or 30 years ago when you didn't have all these resources to, to lean on to figure out a lot of the stuff. I mean, 20 or 30 years ago, you're doing this just off of having a buddy that's done it or talking to somebody and you get a little bit of information. Now you can jump on YouTube and you just find all kinds of stuff. But one of the things I was thinking was the... Um, morning and evening you know we're dealing with pretty long days this time of year and you want to get the coolest footage early and late so do you what do you do do you just you know if you figure you're going to put in six to eight hours a day do you try to do four in the morning four in the evening and just really take advantage of that cool light while you're traveling or do you i don't know i mean we're just gonna have to play that by ear hopefully we'll have a lot of these really my favorite 
dreary, cloudy, moody days. Hopefully we'll have a lot of those along the way and you just drive whenever. But the one bad thing about the Osmo is I can't find any filters. The neutral density filters, it's so new that I wasn't able to pick up any filters that would go over the front or that are made for that. I'm sure I could figure out a way to just tape something to get it covered on there. But I have filters for everything else. Do you have filters for the Hero 7? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Not the 7. I just have the 5. Okay. But I think the, it's the, the same Pro. size. But yeah, Polar Pro makes those clip-on. It's They're super easy to use. But it helps a ton. It really knocks that light down and you get a much prettier, prettier mm-hmm. picture. But there's going to be so much experimentation with stabilizing and not stabilizing and mounting it rigid or mounting it you know, maybe on something that has a little bit of movement. I mean, we're just going to play around with everything. Tell the I think we'll use phones a lot it. too. Tell the mm-hmm. tech side. Say, you know, we're mounting this. This is where our experiment is today. We're putting it on this bracket and we're hoping that the stabilizer works and here's why it's pointing this way. The behind the scenes stuff would be great as a playlist on, on the YouTube channel as well to, to couple in with, with the right. show. The other thing, the one last thing, I don't want to keep dragging this out, but uh, I'm thinking about taking a bike. You know, we can always use more bikes up there when we're all up there, right? And I have two mountain bikes here that we don't ride a lot. I'll ride them, but I rarely ride a road bike for exercise and then, you know, stay busy enough that I don't get time to go out and just play. And I thought, man, it'd be cool that if, even if we could just get one more bike up there. So I'm going to see if we can rig that up. And that might be kind of cool in some locations just to rig up a GoPro and a bike and go down a trail or go down next to the river or go who knows what. So, if you have space, if you have space to it, but we'll yeah, be I'm doing a lot of bike stuff on, on trips coming up too. So don't, don't stress about it if it's tight. Yeah, I'll, I'll nice try to, to fit it in. There. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If I, It's a super lightweight bike, so weight-wise I'm not concerned. It's just the bulky. But if I take off the tires and just kind of wedge it in there. Missy doesn't want me riding hers anymore in Alaska. That's what this is about, isn't it? <laughs> we could look like the Jeffersons before too long if yeah. I get too crazy with this stuff. But we're going to do a little film on packing it all up and trying. I mean, I'm sure. Have you guys ever seen on Instagram where someone will lay out all their photo equipment? I've done it with some lenses. You lay it all out flat. Mm-hmm. I, if we have the time, and we only have two or three days to do this, but I thought it'd be cool to take the truck and all the stuff and go find a parking lot somewhere where we got a lot of space and lay out everything and then shoot that with the drone. You know, get high enough above it so we could see everything that we're taking, cots and cooler and camera cases and whatever. Can the drone do time lapse? Yeah, we could do a whole hyperlapse with it. Mm -hmm. Right. So do it. I mean, it's unlimited, right? That's that's the challenge of creating content on video, as you know better than any of us that... But when you come up with these ideas, it's great. If you could do that still and then have the drone hover while you packed it all back up show that it fit That'd and be- you could have a hyper or a time lapse in the truck going as it gets packed up and then one as all that stuff's disappearing it'd be kind of fun that's mm-hmm. a time thing i don't know if we'll get it to fit in but and then you really want to find the right parking lot too you don't want a bunch of lines you want to find a nice freshly paved parking lot that you could get a really cool yeah we'll try it hopefully we'll get some, some and then you can do that unpack everything and find the box that the drone goes into (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, it's all time, eh? Oh, yeah, you almost want to have like three or four people shooting on a project like this where you got so, you know. But that's what the beauty of having all these little small cameras. We'll just let them go and keep shooting. We'll do that on future trips. But with your limited space in this vehicle, the two of you doing it, it's about the dest It's about the voyage. Yeah, exactly. Right? So. We'll, we'll cheer. I, mean, I think we'll shoot a ton of stuff on our phones even. Right. We still use those Osmos for the phones. I mean, we might as well. We've got them. I carry mine everywhere. Yep. I still, yeah, I still use it at this point. It's all good for YouTube and social media, and that's mm -hmm. a big part of our objective for our storytelling for this podcast. So, yep. stay tuned, people. Michael and Missy are heading out on the ultimate adventure. They're driving from Denver to Anchorage, and we are going to ride along with them. And I can't wait to see what's produced and hear the stories and. Meet up with them partway through and then wish them luck on the second leg of their drive and, and hear how it goes. Should Lots be a fun morning. one. Yep. I'm, I'm envious. I can't wait. Yeah. Bucket list. Yeah. It's Good definitely for you guys. a bucket list. Don't stress about it. Don't go too fast. Live it up. Take it in. Take in the scenes. Take in the wildlife and share it with us when you get a chance. I don't think we'll go too fast. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was going to ask earlier when you're talking about weighting the truck down, have you driven it fully weighted down and how will that impact the speed? Yeah. Yeah, we have. And it's, it's okay. slow. Yeah. It's slow. It's you know, the good thing is you can't get slower. We're not in a hurry. You can't. You're right. Of course. Yeah. No. And that's good. And like you pointed out, by going slower, you're going to see more. You'll, you'll just appreciate the trip and the view the more. The only time it was going to suck, I think, is Wyoming. Just because it, it's interstate. That's the only interstate we're going to have oh, to drive on. Issue. No, I, I have a stretch of road in mind that it's going to suck worse than the interstate. Where? Just because between Casper and Shoshone. And I have a challenge for you there. You're going to be going about 45 miles an hour because the wind will be blowing in the opposite direction. So I challenge you to find an inch on that road where there's not a pronghorn antelope visible. Ah. Oh. And you're going to be going slow enough. You'll be able to find them. <laughs> I don't. I don't so, think there's an inch of that road where that. that so hold on now, exists. Casper. Is Shosh you said Shoshone. Mm -hmm. And that's all Interstate 25. No, it's not. It's it's highway, but it's a fairly busy highway. But it is just wide open, and it it is probably the worst one of the worst stretches of highway in Wyoming. So what am I going to do if I'm going to Casper? Casper's on I-25. Casper's on 25. So am I getting yep. off I-25 there? Yes. And going, so I'm going to head up towards Cody. Yep. Yes. Is that what you're talking about? Yep. Okay. And then we drive I'll, to Thermopolis, right? I'll draw you a map. You're driving through my old stomping grounds. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're going to meet up with Ron along the way too, because we have to exchange some equipment and then you're going to be shooting somewhere near Yellowstone or somewhere this week. This next weekend, right? Yep. So I should be coming back, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, it's kind of cool that we get to meet up along the way, right? And share some stories, and then uh, we'll just keep you guys posted for the last leg of the trip where we don't see you. Yep. Can't and wait. then we all reconvene, come back here for Before a couple of weeks, and we all go back to Alaska for yep. a whale trip and a Lots of bear variety. trip and a podcast mania. Tasmania. So stay tuned for yes. all of this, but especially this road trip that's coming up. 
Absolutely. And follow along on our social media you can follow on instagram there'll be posts and stories from michael and missy on their adventure you can also follow us on facebook and on youtube and of course on our website at wildandexposed.com no matter what podcast platform you're listening to us on make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button give us a five-star rating or the thumbs up as those help us to do what we love to do and to bring you this podcast on a regular basis. Also on YouTube, hit that bell icon so when the new podcast or vlogs, sorry, the new vlogs are posted from this trip, you'll be notified. You'll receive a notification and be able to follow along at your leisure that way as well. Well, let me throw one oh. thing in before you totally close this out. Yes. If people are following us, we would love to stop and meet people too. You know, if they shout out and say, hey, we know you know there's been some good bear stuff here there's been some moose stuff here and if people are willing to share we'd love to meet people and and do that along the way too so so the way to do that would be probably through message on instagram because they'll be able to see where you were at the day before or where your trajectory is progressing along yeah i think we'll just keep people posts. updated on posts with on instagram and say hey we'll be in right whatever we'll be just send it to bozeman on this day or something yeah. Try it. That'd be cool. It'd be yeah. fun to meet some listeners and talk shop and do whatever. Perfect. So keep in touch that way. It's easy to do on Instagram. I want to give a special shout out to Missy McKenzie, our producer, for joining us on the podcast today and also for all the hard work that she does behind the scenes to create the show for your listening enjoyment. Until next time, you've been listening to Wild and Exposed Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.